Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. Turn over to John chapter 19. John chapter 19. We're considering our sermon series called Recovery. Uh, and we're going to be uh, looking into John 19 and and looking at how Jesus reoriented uh, the thinking of, of his day through his death on the cross. In 2008, the uh, Summer Olympics were in Beijing, China. And they knew that there were going to be a lot of English-speaking uh, people that were going to be coming into the country. They got a little behind and they made a lot of English translation signs very quickly. But some of them didn't quite translate the way that they wanted them to. And I wanted to show you some that were at the Beijing International Airport uh, when tourists landed. And you can figure out what they were trying to say. Here's one of them. Uh, poisonous and evil rubbish. What do you think that was? Hazardous materials. That's right. Hazardous materials. All right. The next one here we have the old, weak, ill, disability, and pregnant lounge. Handicap restroom. Yeah, that was... That was the handicapped restroom. Take luggage of foreigner, no charge. They, they were going to take your bags for free for you so you could get out to, to the buses. And then the last one that we have here, the small grasses feel ashamed to smile. Please don't bother it. Don't walk on the grass. Okay, that, that's exactly right. So those are some signs that may have needed a little bit more translation. And I show you those because that's what happens in our life sometimes. We know most of us what God wants from us. We know what's right. It's really not rocket science. But somewhere along the line, we kind of lose our way. And we have to be brought back to God. We have to be reoriented to the things of God. And that's what we're going to see in our scripture passage is how on the cross, Jesus helped reorient us back to the things of God and the things that were really important. So look down into our scripture passage in John chapter 19. John chapter 19, beginning with verse 23. And the first thing we see is this. Often in our lives, we fall into a pattern of only thinking about ourselves. So that's where we need to be reoriented. We go from the things of God and others to all we think about sometimes is ourselves. And it comes about for a lot of reasons, uh, but it tends to happen the more that we get into life and the routine of life, our focus begins to be off the things of God and off other people, and we, we fall back to our default, which is always thinking about ourselves. Look down at verse 23 of John chapter 19. It says, now when the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, they divided them into four shares, one for each of them with the undergarment remaining. Now this garment was seamless and woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. Now this happened that the scripture might be fulfilled, which said they divided my garments among them and they cast lots for my clothing. So as our scripture begins here, we have the Roman soldiers. Now, the Roman soldiers don't care anything about Jesus. They don't care anything about the religion or what's going on in Palestine. They're there because they're forced to be there. They don't like any of this. They consider Israel to be a backwater in the middle of nowhere. It's the worst assignment a soldier could have gotten. You've got these terrible rebels that are in the area. It's fairly dangerous. And so they don't want to be there in the first place. 
And so when Jesus is condemned to be executed, these Roman soldiers, they do everything they can to make it miserable for Jesus. Not that they don't like him or they don't care about him. They just don't care. So this guy's here. Let's make fun of him. Let's do what we can. But then we see when they execute him, they take the clothes off of him so that he can be hung up on the cross. Now, one of the clothes was just kind of like a shawl that you throw over your shoulders there uh, for, for a little warmth. And uh, it, it was just one big garment. So they ripped it into four and they divided it among them. But the inner garment was a very nicely woven piece of clothing and to try to divide it up would have ruined it. So they said, well, let's cast lots and see who gets that because we don't want to tear it up. So as Jesus is dying upon the cross, the only thing these Roman soldiers are thinking about are themselves. They're not thinking about a poor man being executed. They're not thinking about what any of this might mean. All they're thinking about is themselves and what's good for them. And we fall into that pattern in life. We fall into that pattern because what happens is life just sometimes gets overwhelming. We're running back and forth to our job and our job just gets all consuming. There's so much going on with our family. We have so many pressures from financial pressures to uh, pressures in relationships. And pretty soon it's all we can do to just get through the day. We're overwhelmed. We're tired. We're running from one thing to the next. We become a taxi service for our children. And pretty soon all we can think about is how to survive. And we get off of the things that are really important. And all we begin to think about is ourselves. What's going to be good for me today? How do I get through the day? How do I best do this? And so our mind needs to be reoriented back to God because all we are thinking about is ourselves. And it happens for all kinds of reasons. The world tells us that's what you were supposed to do. Look at any TV show or the music that we sing. It's always thinking, think about yourself. You're number one. Uh, It's what you think that matters. And so everything is pulling us in that direction anyway. And it's not just adults. Every age group falls into the pattern of just thinking about themselves sometimes. Sometimes when you think about our children, middle school, high school, up, you know, some of those kids need to have diapers put on them because all they think about themselves and all they do is whine all the time. And and so it's like this. Hey, you know what? My parents are going to spend all their money on me. They're going to do everything they can to take care of me. They're going to spend their whole life running me as a taxi service. And I'm going to respond by whining and being a big baby because I don't get everything I want. So put a diaper on them, spank them and send them to bed. You know, if all you're thinking about is yourself. So it happens at every single age of life. It's not just adults. We fall into this pattern of everything's about me, and that's all we begin to think about. David Beckham is one of the most famous soccer players in the entire world. And uh, they recently had WikiLeaks uh, actually went in and got some of David Beckham's emails, and they're calling it Becky Leaks. Has anybody seen, seen Becky Leaks? Oh, man, you've got to go back and read Becky Leaks. They are some of the funniest emails in the entire world. And they really make David Beckham look like a selfish jerk, okay, when you get into it. Because this is what the emails are about. David Beckham wanted to become a knight. He wanted the queen to knight him. So he said, what do I need to be knighted? And he, and he went there and he said, well, just being a famous soccer player doesn't get you a knighthood. You know, that's a pretty special thing that we do. So you have to not only be famous, you've got to do things that help other people. And so he said, well, what do you do to help other people? And they said, well, become involved in charity work. And so he said, okay, what's a very prominent charity? And he was told UNICEF. So he said, okay, UNICEF, I'm going to help you uh, with, with UNICEF. And so, so they had him in this campaign. They took pictures of him and all this kind of stuff. And then Beckham in one of his emails says, can you believe the head of UNICEF asked me to give money to this charity? 
They're already getting my picture. Do you know how much I charge for my picture and they want me to give money? That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Let the little people who don't have any sense give money, not me. He's, by the way, worth $380 million. Uh, Here's a picture of David Beckham in UNICEF. When this picture was taken, he wrote an email and said, those kids stunk. I had to hold my nose the entire time the picture was being taken. And then the queen decided to give him an honorary distinguished award. And he writes in emails, I can't believe that. I should have been made a knight for having my picture taken with those kids. And they're making me an honorary distinguished person. This is ridiculous. Well, all these emails come out and David Beckham doesn't look real good after some of these emails come out. And so he got some bad publicity and he had to reorient. And now what he says is, well, some of those emails were taken out of context. And I love those kids so much. And guess what? I'm writing a big check to UNICEF this week. So David Beckham has now reoriented. He's thinking of life a little bit differently now that he sees some different things. Well, in our scripture, what Jesus is going to encourage us to do is to reorient, is to look at sometimes how selfish we are and to get a different perspective of life. So how do you do that? Well, to return to God, you have to reorient your thinking. It all begins in your heart and your mind. Your actions follow your heart and your mind. Your actions aren't the first thing. Your actions are what comes because of your heart and mind. So we have to reorient our heart and mind, our thinking. And over in Matthew 22, uh, Jesus tells us exactly how to do that. Jesus is asked, what's the most important thing in the entire Bible? And Jesus says, the most important thing is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. And then he says, and the second is just like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus basically says life's all about loving God and loving people. That's what life's about. So that's what we need to reorient on. If you are oriented towards anything except loving God and loving people, then you're not pointing towards true north anymore. You've somehow gotten off of where you need to be. So it's all about loving God, loving people, getting back in that kind of relationship we would be. Now look down at verse 25 of our scripture passage as we continue to read. Now near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clovis, and Mary Magdalene. So Jesus is on the cross. He's dying on the cross. You would have thought his thoughts would have been first and foremost about himself. I'm suffering. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. I'm about to die. You'd you'd logically think about yourself, right? And so Jesus on the cross going through all this suffering looks down and he sees his mother. And his mother is upset and she's crying and she's hurting because her only her son here is dying. Then he looks down and he sees his aunt. He sees James and John's mother. He sees Mary Magdalene. All of them are in a terrible way. They're crying because they are suffering with Jesus as he's dying on the cross. And so as he looks down upon them, it is a reminder to all of us that there are things that are more important in life than just ourselves. Very few people at the end of the world get there when, they, when you get to the end of your life and say, gee, I wish I'd spent more time thinking about myself. Uh, most of us get to the end of our life and what we're saying is I wish I would have spent more time loving and caring and being with the people that really mattered in my life instead of doing all these other things, worrying about my job and my career uh, and ball games and things like that. I wish I would have really have cared about the people in my life a little bit more. So we have to reorient ourselves to the things of God once again. 
In Spain, there's a, a beauty salon, and it's owned by a man by the name of Salva Garcia. And every morning when, when Salva would open up his salon, there was a homeless man that would sleep out front, and he, he would offer him money. He asked him to come in. He said, hey, you know, I'll, I'll give you a haircut and all this kind of stuff. The guy refused everything. It's just when he would get there in the morning, the guy would get up and leave. And he would never let Salva do anything for him. He finally found out his name was Jose Antonio. And one day he came in and he said, Jose, come on. I don't have an appointment for another 45 minutes. Come on in and let me do your hair. And he said, well, okay. And so he came in and Salva redid his hair. And this is a picture uh, of the change that was taking place right then. Now, guess what happened when people saw the picture with the sunglasses instead of the other picture. Did they think of the man in a different way? What do you think? They did. He now has a good job. He, someone has helped him get an apartment. Uh, he's, he's doing very well. And all because people begin to look at him in a different way. And for us to get where we need to be in life, we have to reorient ourselves to God and look in a different way. And so we've been told that that way is to love God and to love people. So let's look at both of those. Jesus had a twofold interest, loving God and loving people. And so the first thing we see in our scripture is that Jesus centered on loving God. Jesus centered on loving God. So let's look down uh, in our scripture passage to verse 28. To verse 28. Later, knowing that all was now completed and so that the scriptures would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant, lifted it up to Jesus' lips, and when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. When you read the scriptures about the crucifixion of Jesus, one thing stands out. Everything points to Jesus wanting to do God's will, be, be an obedience to God, and do what God wanted him to do. It was all about him loving God and following and doing what God wanted him to do from the beginning to the end. Uh, earlier in our scripture, uh, we're told that when they divided the lots among them, the clothes among them, that one of the reasons they didn't tear it was because it was according to scripture. And so Jesus was fulfilling what scripture said, even in that very matter. As our scripture begins here, we're told that he says, I am thirsty uh, from Psalm 34 because he's fulfilling scripture when he says that. Jesus wanted to do what God was leading him to do. He wanted to love God and make God the first priority in his life. That doesn't mean it was easy. And that doesn't mean that it always seems to be in our short-term interest. Sometimes when we look at doing the things of God, we don't think it's in our short-term interest. As a matter of fact, it doesn't seem to be in our interest at all. If I, if I do this to help this person or to love God, it might mean I have to sacrifice. It might mean I lose a little bit of money. It might mean I lose some of my time. And so short-term, we look at it and we say, is it worth it? And Jesus had to deal with those same things. Turn over to Matthew chapter 26 for a second. Matthew chapter 26 and look down to verse 39. When Jesus was going to the cross, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane and uh, he prayed to God. And listen what happens here, verse 39. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My Father, if it be possible, may this cup be taken from me. So what does Jesus pray here in the Garden of Gethsemane? I don't want to do this. It's not in my best short-term interest. And I'd rather you figure out another way. 
That's exactly what Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. If it's possible, take the cup from me. And so all of us, when we look at life sometimes, say, well, what's best short term for me? But then look at what Jesus prays after that. Keep reading. He says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So Jesus knew even though short term, it wasn't the best thing for him. He was going to suffer and die on the cross. He also knew that God's big picture was the best. And so Jesus went willingly to the cross because he saw the big picture of following God. And so that's where we have to be. We've got to get to the big picture of following God and being where God wants us and what God wants from our life. And to do that sometimes is very challenging. It's not simple. It's not easy to follow that and be where God wants us to be and do the things God wants us to do. It sometimes causes a sacrifice for us. There was a young girl in Chicago, Illinois, by the name of Armani Cruz. And Armani one day saw a homeless man out in front of her church and started talking to her mom about it. And uh, she said, can we help that man? And their mom said, well, you know, we can give him a little money or something, but you don't know what he'll do with it and all this kind of stuff. And so Armani said, well, I want to help that man. And she said, I want to help all these people we pass that, that are living out on the street. And her dad said, well, your birthday's coming up. How would you like to take all your birthday presents and spend that money on people who are homeless? And Armani says, you mean I can do that? That would be great. Let's take all of the money that's going to be spent on my birthday and give it to the homeless. So her dad was going to throw a big sixth birthday party for her. I got a picture of Armani here. Uh, and and uh, so they took $300 and said that they were going to help the homeless with $300. When they went into church that night, her mom told the pastor, and guess what the pastor did? He challenged the whole church. They started a homeless ministry from scratch that they never had before and raised thousands of dollars, all because one little girl said, I'm going to do something that's not in my short-term best interest. I'm going to do something that is long-term beneficial. And when it comes to the things of God and loving God the way that we should, sometimes it's not always in our short-term interest, but the big picture is worth it all. And so we see here Jesus saying, yes, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die for God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son. And so Jesus now going, dying on the cross for our sins. He centered on loving God. He centered on the things of God. I was reading an interesting story in the, in the paper uh, last week. There was a, a man who was going to check in at the airport uh, to see his family. And he had a, a, a little girl with him. And when he was checking in, uh, the lady said, how old is your daughter? And he said, she's just turned two yesterday. And she said, oh, kids that are two years old have to have their own ticket. And he said, well, I called and they said she didn't have to have a ticket. And they said, well, that's because you called three days ago and she was one year old then. And so she's two year old now and she has to have a ticket. And he says, well, how much is a ticket? And they said, well, you're trying to get a ticket on the day you're flying, and so it's double the price, and it's $799. And so he started crying and said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got to get home. And he's crying, and he's holding his baby. There was a lady behind him, Debbie Bolton, and Debbie walked up and said, I would like to pay for that little girl's ticket. And the lady behind the counter said, ma'am, the ticket's $800. I don't think you want to do that. 
And Debbie said, I'm sorry, I didn't ask you the price of the ticket. I told you I wanted to pay for that little girl's ticket and handed her a credit card. And here's a picture of Debbie Bolton right here uh, buying the ticket uh, for that young lady uh, that was there. I'm trying to draw it right now as we go. Okay, there, there it is. I got out of kind That was my fault. I was out of So you see her buying the ticket that's there. Again, things that are often are not in our short-term interest are in the long-term interest of God. So Jesus said, center on loving God. He certainly did that on the cross, dying on the cross for the sins of the world. But also, Jesus said, we need to reorient towards others. It's not just the things of God. Loving God, it says, also loving your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus also centered on loving God, on loving people on the cross. Now, it's easy to say Jesus died for the sins of the world. For God so loved the world, Jesus died for the sins of the world. That's nice, isn't it? Sounds real nice. But then what do you say if I said Jesus died for you individually? Jesus died for Chip Pendleton. Not only that, Jesus died for the people that Chip Pendleton loved. He died for Dawn. He died for Alyssa. He died for Andrew. Suddenly that sounds a little bit different than Jesus died for the sins of the world. Jesus didn't just die for the sins of the world. He died for the sins of people individually. And when we begin to understand in our life what that means, it makes all the difference in the world. So begin to ask yourself some questions. What's it mean that Jesus died for me? How does that come into my life? What's it mean that he died for the people that I love, for the people that are important in my life? Look back to verse 25 again. Jesus is dying on the cross for the sins of the world. That's a pretty big deal. Everybody agree? Uh, This is the salvation of all mankind in a couple of hours taking place. All the powers of evil against all the powers of good in one moment and on the cross in this momentous moment in all of human history. Jesus saw his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clovis and Mary Magdalene. And suddenly Jesus was no longer thinking about dying for the sins of the world or himself. He was thinking about his mama. And what he was thinking was this. Somebody needs to take care of my mama. I'm not going to be there. And so keep reading in our scripture. When Jesus saw his mother standing there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, dear woman, here is your son. And to his disciple, he said, this is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Jesus took time on the cross, dying for the salvation of mankind to say, take care of my mama. Because what he cared about was individuals and not just the group as a whole. And so we've got to get down to saying, okay, it's not just the world in general. It's the people in my life in particular. It's your mother and your father and your your spouse. It's those people in your life that matter the most. How are you loving them? If it's about loving God and loving other people. Oh, love other people. Yeah, that's great. How are you loving your spouse right now? What are you doing to make it a a better relationship and a stronger relationship and a closer relationship with your spouse? How are you loving them right now? What are you doing to go out of your way to see that your spouse is loved and cared for and life is made better for them? What about your parents? The Bible says, honor your mother and your father. What are you doing to honor your mother and your father? Is it all about you? Do you come in like a whirlwind and a clean house is suddenly a wreck and then you go to bed and you whine because you didn't get everything you want? What are you doing to make it better for your parents? And as your parents get older, 
And sometimes dynamics change and you go from being the child to almost being the caregiver parent of your own parents. What are you doing to love and care for them and and, and to take care of them the way they did for you your whole life? It's not always convenient to do that. But the long-term picture is so much better. What about with your children? What are you doing to love your children, care for your children, provide the right environment for your children? What about your friends? What about the people you work with? Think of this individually. What are you doing to love the people in your life? Because we have to reorient from it being about us to it being about loving God and loving other people. So when we think of loving other people, who are the people in your life you are supposed to love? It's easy to say every once in a while, I'm going to have a random encounter with someone and I'll be nice to them and help them. It's different to say, who are the people right now in my life that I'm making their lives better because I love them? That makes an entirely different challenge. I read a story this week about a young man in Boca Raton High School by the name of Dennis Edelman. And Dennis is from Haiti. And when he first came to the United States, he didn't have any friends. He didn't know anybody. And it was really hard for him at at school. And he said the worst thing about going to school was lunchtime. And he said, the worst thing about lunch was everybody would be at their tables talking and having fun. He didn't know anybody and he would always sit by himself. And he said it was awful. And he said he hated lunchtime until finally he started going to the church, to a church. And a lot of the kids in the church youth group went to Boca Raton High School. And so after he'd attended church a couple of times and gone to youth group, he said one day he'd gone to lunch and was sitting at a table by himself. And some of the kids come to the youth group and said, Dennis, what are you doing? Come on over and have lunch with us. And he said it changed everything. And so he began to think, what's it like for other kids who never have time, who never have anyone eat with them and they sit by themselves every day for lunch? So he challenged the youth group at his church, let's start a club at school. And they called it Never Dine Alone. And what they do is the kids from that youth group go into the lunchroom and they intentionally look for kids who are by themselves and they go up and they invite them to their table. And here's a picture of Dennis at Boca Raton High School, him and a friend from his youth group going up to a, a kid who was by themselves saying, hey, come dine with us. Nobody dines alone any longer at Boca Raton High School. Now, there's a young man that took how he felt personally and said, you know what, I'm now going to apply that to individuals. It's not just caring for somebody. I'm going to start caring for people, people who have no one to sit with them in the lunchroom. I'm going to start caring for them. So to reorient, sometimes we lose our bearings because life gets so overwhelming and all we begin to think about is ourselves. And when that happens, especially in this Lenten season, we need to be reoriented back to God and the things of God around two things, loving God and loving other people. And when you do that, you will never go wrong. Let's have a a prayer. Father, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you that you forgave us and, and have come into our lives in an unbelievable way. Father, our prayer is that You would help us to see that so many times all we think about is ourselves. Help us to reorient, to begin to center on the things that that are good and right and true, as the song said earlier. Father, help us to care about loving you and loving others, knowing that when we do, it's going to be a much different life than the one we're living now. In Jesus' name, amen.
We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.